0: Welcome to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we try to cut through the noise and help you make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Somke,
1: And I'm Jay McKenzie.
0: Project Veritas is the subject of a coup attempt. Will the DeSantis insurgents succeed? Lula goes to Washington in a show of global support for democracy. And Seymour Hirsch released a piece of respected journalism on the Nord Stream pipeline explosions. Is he speaking truth to power, or is it as accurate as the last 20 years of his work? If you like what you're hearing, please give us a rating and a review on the app that you're listening on. Be sure to subscribe at didnothingwrongpod.com to get our content straight into your inbox. All of our work is free, but we're extremely grateful for paid subscriptions and donations that ensure that we can keep doing this important work. Thank you. We've got a great show coming up. Thanks for joining us. Project Veritas is a right-wing group of self-described journalists who do secret recordings of people, cut the clips up in the most unflattering way possible, and release them onto the Internet as bombshell investigations. They've done this to employees at Pfizer, Planned Parenthood, and a variety of other organizations thanks to their funding from right-wing slush funds like Donors Trust. They've also received help from pro-Trump organizations and Blackwater founder Eric Prince. Founder James O'Keefe and another one of his employees were forced to pay fines totaling $150,000 for their dishonest attacks on Association of Community Organizations for Reform Now, or ACORN, in 2013, but they still managed to get ACORN shut down in the United States. Now it seems like the long knives are out for James O'Keefe himself. An internal memo written and signed by 16 employees of Project Veritas accuses O'Keefe of fostering a toxic work environment. However, a lot of people on the right refuse to take this at face value. They think that there's a coup on against James O'Keefe, and some of them are blaming Ron DeSantis for all of this. Well, let's talk about how we got here.
1: Yeah, I guess we have to.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. it, it is kind of fun to just sort of watch it happen, but it'd be kind of nice to, you know, maybe explain it and, you know.
1: Yeah, so I guess part of the narrative coming out is that... Ron DeSantis had this truth. Was it, was it, was the background?
0: Yes. Yes. It was truth was his background.
1: Yeah. He had this panel on defamation and railing against the fake news media and saying Russiagate. Well, I'm paraphrasing, but he, he claimed Russiagate is a hoax and it was all on anonymous sources and the, the media is just defaming people and, there's Ron with truth in the background. And God, these people love to talk about Orwell, but it it <laughs> can't help. But you want to talk about Orwellian, and that just. You know, it's the truth yes. because
0: we are telling you it's the truth. And, you know, yes,
1: the truth is on our side, not theirs. Huge letters behind me. Truth. Mm hmm. Yep. They Well, they say it, so it must be true. Absolutely. The, the alternative to the people we don't like is obviously better and more truthful than the, the people that are, that are mean to us and say, say very hurtful things.
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: that's, a, that's another story. So DeSantis has this panel on defamation, and one of the people he has speak on it is an attorney named Libby Locke. Now, Libby Locke has represented a lot of people in right-wing media. She has represented Project Veritas. So she's done that in the past, but more recently, she's actually been representing Dominion Voting Systems, which have an ongoing case against Mike Lindell. And Mike Lindell is very hardcore MAGA. He is all about Donald Trump. He's all about stolen election lies. He's all about quote unquote proving how they stole the election from Trump. He's never DeSantis. He's Trump all the way. He's mm-hmm. in it to win it.
0: Absolutely. 10% off at my pillow. Use promo code Lindell.
1: <laughs> and so the fact that DeSantis is Trump's opponent, DeSantis is endorsing Libby Locke, Libby Locke is representing dominion against Mike Lindell. If you twist it enough ways Mm -hmm. that means that they're all on the side against Donald Trump and this is really a coup by the DeSantis people against James O'Keefe who has received money from Trump and has I don't know that he's endorsed one person the other for 2024 but he's been very pro-Trump in the past and so they have by enough pretzel logic they have decided that all of this secretly means that Ron DeSantis is in on it. And you've got the additional, well, one, that there's been a supposed coup, right? Right. There's been, because there's this letter that, it's an internal memo that is essentially accusing James O'Keefe of quote-unquote outright cruel uh, workplace conditions. Now, both of us have seen plenty of the Project Veritas videos. Uh-huh. And, how James O'Keefe handles himself with people he doesn't like, but the guy just seems like an asshole. And I just don't find this very hard to believe. Do you? No,
0: no, me either. It really seems like if this is what he's capable of in his work life, why would he not be capable of being that kind of boss? It just seems like Occam's razor would say that you are just kind of an asshole. Yeah.
1: Like all the time. Just this is who you are on screen, mm-hmm. and this is who you are with people in your in your day-to-day life. Now, this supposed coup, the MAGA folks, and there are a lot of people defending James O'Keefe. A lot of these people came up with him. They're ex-Breitbart, but you've got Laura Loomer, Cernovich, Jack Posobiec, Cat Turd, Tim Pool. A lot more big names on the right are standing with O'Keefe. They're saying... James O'Keefe is Project Veritas. You you can't have the place. You you won't get the money. You can't do the job without him. Which honestly, at least for that part, fair enough. Because when mm-hmm. I think Project Veritas, I think James O'Keefe. Right. I mean, it's right. Just, it's
0: his baby. He's the guy yeah, that started it. He's the guy that is, you know, for better or for worse, the face of the project.
1: But these people who are friends with him and have worked adjacent to him are saying oh this couldn't be true this couldn't be possible no this this is just a a desantis coup and you've got a guy on the board longtime board member worked with project veritas in matthew tiermond ah is our buddy yeah our buddy our buddy He's got an interesting past, but he was very much MAGA. Mm-hmm. He was pushing the Hunter Biden laptop stuff with OAN in 2020. He kept saying, oh, bombshell, 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 and all this is going to come out. And he delivered some details that may or may not be true, and it didn't matter. They they didn't win. We We weren't going to rehash all of that. But he was... Very much in the MAGA camp. He was Steve Bannon's point man on the stolen election lies in the recent Brazilian election. He was on there sometimes every day, sometimes yep. multiple times a day. And we know that Bolsonaro is a is a strong Trump ally. He was before and he still is. And Tierman has been in both of these guys' camps. Mm-hmm. But he has since defected to... Ron DeSantis and he has come out and said that Trump was great, but it's time for something new. So you've got all these little tidbits, but essentially I think I think the thing they keep pointing at, well, there's two two guys that are supposedly part of the coup that they're that they're really focused on. And it's Tiermon because he has specifically stated he's for DeSantis and he is part of the the internal memo group that is essentially said james o'keefe is we can't work with him we can't carry out our jobs in this environment right and so that's that's part of it the other part is (laughs) one of one of the signatories has pronouns in his bio and that means he's probably a fake or a he's he's a fake right winger he's he's actually a leftist and he's in here to infiltrate the group and destroy it because of the pronouns in his bio and you uh, i would love it if there was more detail to give you on that but that's honestly all it is <laughs> he they are really really angry that project veritas would even associate with a human person who puts pronouns in his bio heaven forbid
0: heaven forbid well that explains all the traitor Tiermond hashtags i'm seeing on twitter then they really seem to think this guy just absolutely has it out for O'Keefe. And O'Keefe definitely has his defenders online. There seems like almost the rest of the MAGA world has lined up behind James O'Keefe to defend him. And, you know, you're probably right in that I it's really hard to imagine what Project Veritas would look like without him at the helm. And he's been doing this so long. It's, it's like back in what was it, uh, 2013, there was the acorn story and he turned this community organizing group, which was pretty harmless in retrospect into this villain of the Obama story. Like he, this is Obama's, army of liberals that were going to come out and, you know, take over and put conservatives in the gulags again. He ended up getting sued by ACORN. He ended up having to settle with them for about $100,000. And of course,
1: part of the accusation was saying that they were willing participants in an underage sex trafficking operation. That's part of what they ended up, O'Keefe had to pay damages for. Portraying acorn as this, and acorn is I don't know it, it, why why did they go after acorn? I'm still not entirely sure because it's i mean if you look at what acorn does and what they're about it's it's public schools mm-hmm. and <laughs> well, because one up. of the things
0: they always hit Obama on was the idea that he was a community organizer. And they really didn't like that he had done that kind of organizing. And this was in the era where these guys were all reading Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. And they were acting like somehow they had found the code that cracks the what the Democrats are really up to. So it was all tied to this narrative at the time of, like, they're using Saul Alinsky tactics. I for, can't even tell you how many times I heard that. but and Yeah acorn was just part and parcel of that like it was a community organizing group that must be taking us down on the road towards communism
1: you're right i did i do remember seeing that especially in the early days of the tea party yeah because they big anti-communist and it's not that that has really ever gone away but that was Saul alinsky was the name that did come up more and more and now people are you know kind of moved on mm-hmm. and, They don't really have to look back in the past as much anymore as they find that the new outrage, the new issue to be up in arms about. But it's interesting how how much it's changed with the speed of twitter and all that but it's essentially the same mm-hmm. kind of arguments
0: and let's also not forget that in 2017 james o'keefe the head of you know, veritas was convicted he pleaded guilty to misdemeanor charges of entering federal property under false pretenses this is from the daily beast o'keefe was arrested in january for trying to take video of two of his colleagues in senator mary Landro's office his colleagues were posing as telephone repairman in which they Say was an attempt to investigate opponents of, or complaints of healthcare opponents that they could not get through. He was sentenced to three years probation, 100 hours of community service, and a $1,500 fine.
1: Calling them an undercover video operation is, is a nice way of saying it's a rat fuck operation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, you've got all this... Uh, work against Planned Parenthood, and they accuse Acorn of being involved. And
0: the Watergate burglars were simply there to fix the plumbing.
1: Right. But you, you also look at their history, and they tried to essentially have a fake story go out with the Washington Post mm-hmm. in order to defend Roy Moore, the man who... <laughs>
0: Who was banned from shopping malls from the in the eighties, which was not the easiest uh-huh. thing to have happen to you, but they banned him for being a creeper. In the eighties. Yeah. How bad did in that the have 80s. to be?
1: In Alabama.
0: In Alabama. That must have been real bad. Yeah. Real and, bad.
1: And so they tried to make up a, a false accusation to make it seem like all the credible accusations against Roy Moore were also false, and then make the media too afraid to report on it. It's a whole convoluted story, but the the gist of it is, you're okay with Roy Moore, and mm-hmm. you go to great lengths to try to get Roy Moore elected to the Senate, even though the local malls won't have him.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a interesting time, really, the Roy yes. Moore campaign. Ugh.
1: Yeah, but I do notice, or I did notice that. Matthew Tierman has not tweeted and gosh, it's been six days now because he has this one thread by, I don't even know who this person is. They're calling, they're calling this guy a reporter. His Twitter name is old row swig. Well, he, he's okay. a founder. <laughs> But he's on Twitter and he made a viral thread talking about the coup and he claimed that Matthew Tiermon is the ringleader and they all know that Tiermon is pro DeSantis and you've got Laura Loomer out here (laughs) expanding on it and she's calling uh, she's recently wrote, Matthew Tiermond, you and James O'Keefe and I have so many memories together. Please don't turn on our friend. James is a good man. please end this madness and stop trying to push James out. <laughs> I am asking you as a friend, Matt, please be loyal to james and it's it's not surprising that a lot of people bought into this and believe it because one they've most of the defenders have never actually worked with James O'Keefe, so they don't know how bad it's gotten. And for this to have happened, for them to really put, to take the time and effort to write this down and get people to corroborate it and sign it, it must be bad. Yeah. It, it must be it must be
0: bad. Because you've got to know how influential this guy is in that world. And if he is signing, I mean, if you're signing an open letter against a guy like that, you're kind of signing the, I don't want to work in this kind of media anymore.
1: And I'll read, if you don't mind, I'll just yeah, read it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's some of the complaints. James, and this is this is employees at Project Veritas who put this together. James has become a power drunk tyrant, and he is exactly who he pontificates on, who we should be exposing. Hmm. Yeah, let's hmm. see.
0: <laughs>
1: We've got another complaint here saying everyone is operating in fear because James is erratic. Hmm. One doesn't know whether one will meet his needs and expectations since the target is constantly moving and priorities are shifting.
0: Hmm, yeah, that sounds difficult.
1: Yeah, that does not sound great.
0: Well, this is from the Daily Beast, and we've got a series of bizarre incidents that they're documenting here. In another apparent reference to O'Keefe, a staffer complains about employees at Project Veritas getting spat upon. Rule number one, you can't spit in an employee's face over a tweet, the message reads. True story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He also called another one of his employees a pussy. Hmm. There have been some FBI raids because the laptop of one of Hunter Biden's daughters was stolen or or allegedly stolen. And they were trying to recover that at one point. Somehow
0: Project Veritas ended up with it.
1: Yeah. So there's some some questions. But the guy who, according to the complaint, got raided, still got called a pussy by James O'Keefe.
0: Huh. Which,
1: uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah. Take one for the team there.
1: Right. They apparently a couple of those guys quit because they were abused and overworked.
0: The memo's authors also raised concerns about O'Keefe's use of Project Veritas money to promote his own theatrical ambitions. Project Veritas is best known, obviously, for its undercover stings against Democratic groups and other Republican targets. But O'Keefe, who performed in high school musicals, has added a series of musical productions to the group's repertoire, including an elaborate Project Veritas experience that involves O'Keefe dancing while wearing a bulletproof vest. These people get really weird when left to their own devices, don't they?
1: Oh, it does explain a lot, though. <sighs> but, man, this guy's a performer. How many how many times do we end up going back to the failed actor thing? Mm-hmm.
0: All of them. Just about oh my all God. of them. It's frightening and it, him and Poso and the rest of these people. They all just wanted to be TV stars. And if the entertainment industry had been a little less cruel, then we might be dealing with a less chaotic information environment today.
1: Yeah, if only. But, yeah, you get the call from James O'Keefe. He's like, all right, guys, we're going to go on assignment. We've got a really important (laughs) operation. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) It's like, oh, the right-wing version of High School Musical. Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, it's true. I mean, it's just absolutely (laughs) true. And I'm sure people are just going to be lining up on that side to go see it. You know, I mean... Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Maybe that can be the opening act to my son Hunter the the right wing movie they made of
0: <laughs> the Project Veritas uh, the musical. Huh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Maybe it can it can be the the uh, prequel and talk about life before the laptop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, it's it's definitely yep. up in the air how all that's going to shake out at this point. But
1: I will say, I just have to say this. It is important to remember that they have so brain poisoned their audiences that, of course, they believe the conspiracy theory. Of course, they ignore the possibility that James O'Keefe is just an asshole who abuses his workers because – These people see a conspiracy, a big plot behind every corner, and they've done it once again.
0: Right. Right. And here we are. This is what they've conditioned their audience to expect. And this is what their audience is getting. Well, speaking of Matthew Tiermond and his uh, extracurricular activities, on February 10th, recently inaugurated Brazilian President Lula da Silva visited the White House and met with Joe Biden. There was nothing out of the ordinary with this visit, and it didn't receive a large amount of coverage from the mainstream media or from right-wing outlets. However, there's one thing we noticed about what was said before, during, and after the meeting. There was quite a bit of focus on the importance of maintaining and bolstering democracy at home and abroad. Given that the United States and Brazil have the two largest democracies in the Western Hemisphere, both of our countries need to set the right example for others and use our resources to strengthen our democratic institutions. Jay, why do the two of us feel like it's so important to highlight those efforts right now?
1: Because there are a lot of people who don't care about democracy, that are growing a movement that I think a lot of the ringleaders are fascist or... Fash curious, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but they
0: the fash not.
1: Yes, they are they're not committed to upholding democracy because they think it is a a failed experiment. I mean, these are the people that pushed stolen election lies in twenty twenty and a lot of them were doing it in Brazil in twenty twenty two. And we don't have to guess about the next election. We know that it could start before the general election, because if Trump has the election, the primary, quote unquote, stolen from him by Ron DeSantis Mm -hmm. and his supporters, then they're going to be saying it was stolen and it was fraud and it was done under false pretenses. And they don't care that that will or will not be true. They don't care if Trump does or does not win in 2024, whether it's because they really want to seize complete power or they're just such grifters that they don't care. Looking at you, Temple. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. It's, it's that, like, we can have an argument about what motivates people specifically, but they are working towards the same end. And that end is anti-democratic. And I think we both feel like it's important to say unequivocally that this is a threat. We are concerned about it, and part of the reason we do what we do is because we think democracy is good. Imperfect, Mm -hmm. we can certainly make it better. We certainly would love to make it better, but democracy is the way forward, and it's the world we want to live in.
0: It is better than the rest of the choices that are on the board. And until something better comes along, this is where we will be. And I think it's also important to highlight how close they actually seem to have gotten in Brazil to pulling off a coup. Because the more that comes out down there, the worse it gets. It seems that they had hired a, believe it or not, a criminal hacker in Brazil to go after the phone of de Moraes, the Supreme Court justice, who has been the bugbear of uh, Bolsonaro for the election, for the free speech issues, for all of it. And what they were planning to do was... Try and get his phone, clone it, make up something, or find something that would have been worth arresting him for, arrest him, and then refuse to concede the election, say it was all stolen because of this. And when you put that together with the fact that most of the Bolsonaro team down there seems to be either at least under suspicion or having already been arrested, and now Bolsonaro has applied for a six month visa, yeah we're looking at something pretty bad here.
1: Yeah. And I think the ongoing attacks on the judiciary in particular are really concerning for me. And it really does speak to the fact that they are following the Hungary and Victor Orban playbook. And we talked about this a little bit with Amanda Moore when we had her on. Right. And there is a growing movement, cooperation, overlap between these various forces on the American right, the Brazilian right and in Hungary and CPAC is a conservative movement that started in the United States, but their two biggest partners out in the international community are in Brazil and Hungary for a reason. Right. They are they are talking to each other, they are learning from each other, they are working together in various ways and a big reason that Viktor Orbán was essentially able to seize complete control in Hungary which he may he may argue that he hasn't but he does what he wants at this point he but the first thing that they did is attack the judiciary and it's very easy to find a judge that you do not like who makes rulings that are That are not beneficial, that hurt your movement, that enforce the laws that you don't like. And it's very easy to target and threaten that justice into either changing his tune or retiring. And it sets a precedent and it lets everyone else know that you either get on board Mm -hmm. or some bad things could happen to you.
0: You're going to go through some things.
1: Yeah. And it goes along with those attacks on the media, which Hungary's independent media is essentially non existent at this point. There's there's very little media in that country now that is not under some amount of state control or censorship. And you look at Trump and the MAGA front men and, and their allies in Brazil and this is what they want. Mm-hmm. It's what they're working towards. Maybe it's stop start and there are hiccups and issues along the way but they are attacking the press they are growing their alternative media and you don't lose democracy overnight it's not it's not one thing it's maybe not even one person or one leader but it sort of snowballs and even if if a lot of the snowballing is with people that are just grifters that are just i'm going to say the election was stolen because i'm going to get donations i'm alex jones i'm tim pool whoever it is Eventually, they lose control. Eventually, yep. enough people listen and believe it that even the ones who got them there, even if they disavow it, doesn't matter. It's too late. Their, their audience believes it. it. It's We see it with QAnon all the time, don't mm-hmm. we?
0: All those people play their part, and they would like to walk some of this back when it gets crazy, when it gets well out of hand and extreme. They walk it back and say, hey, we didn't do this. We didn't have anything to do with this. This was not what we really meant by this. And then... It's clear it's just blatant ass covering on the part of some of these people. They got what they wanted out of it when they wanted it. And now they've moved on to the next grift, but they've built something that doesn't take down very easily, even if the leaders or the originals. I mean, like, when's the last time Q sent a drop? When's the last time? It's been years, right? And it's almost like even the most hardcore adherents sort of acknowledge that that whole thing was sort of hinky yet it hasn't stopped them from believing it and identifying with it and becoming a new religion, as it were.
1: Right. They've been waiting for the arrest since 2017. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to them. To the ones who stay, some people find a way to get out and leave, but most of them are are still waiting, and they can rationalize it in their own heads mm-hmm. somehow, and they make it work.
0: And religious groups can wait for the return of the Messiah for quite some time.
1: Yes. Yes, they can, and you just keep pushing back the date. Mm-hmm. I'd like to read the press release from the White House when Lula came to visit. This was on February tenth. And I just think it I think it's important to say that Biden gets it. And I think his rhetoric has has changed somewhat from the I'm just going to be he leaned into Sleepy Joe mm-hmm. and he said wanted to bring back bipartisanship and he didn't want to demonize all Republicans. And he still isn't. But I think he I think at a certain point he realized how entrenched these people are. And I think you and I realized it, too. I, I think yep. I think Biden, like us, hoped that January 6th would be a warning that would wake people up on especially on the right and realize that the crazy things they're saying have consequences and the ultimate consequence may be the end of democracy in this country and we have to fight against that and very very few people on the right saw that and they did not change their tune so Biden has definitely pivoted i think even more i think he's always been there but i think it's it's coming through even more that look we may not agree with everything that Lula does or stands for, but n- number one thing on the agenda is we have to have democracy. Votes have to count and have to matter. And if they no longer do, then all of our other differences aren't going to matter. Right.
0: Brazil is a massive country and it is such a test lab for what they're trying to do. If, if they can pull this off in Brazil then it becomes a symbol of we can pull this off anywhere. We can get just about anything to go along with this. And it has to stop. And I think Lula gets that as well. I mean, he's made comments like, yeah, I've lost elections. I've lost three big national elections now. you would never see me do anything like this. And regardless of what you think of Lula, he's right.
1: So let me read this really quick. It's White House press release after Lula and Biden met. During the meeting, the two leaders reaffirmed the vital and enduring nature of the U.S.-Brazil relationship and underscored that strengthening democracy, promoting respect for human rights, and addressing the climate crisis remain at the center of their common agenda. As leaders of the two largest democracies in the Americas, President Biden and President Lula pledged to work together to strengthen democratic institutions and welcomed the second summit for democracy to be held in March, 2023. Hmm. Both leaders noted they continue to reject extremism and violence in politics, condemned hate speech, and reaffirmed their intention to build societal resilience to disinformation and agreed to work together on these issues. So, I think just about all of that intro is about the importance of shoring up democracy. It is. And they they are quite clear about that. And that's good. They They seem to get it. And that's one ride that we want to take and help and be a part of.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So there's been a lot of buzz in right-wing media, pro-Kremlin media, and even Chinese and Iranian state-run media outlets about the Nord Stream pipeline right now. They're all claiming that there is now irrefutable evidence that the Nord Stream pipelines were blown up by the CIA and the United States. Now, there's nothing even close to irrefutable evidence, and their source for these claims is an 85-year-old man named Seymour Hirsch. He's a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, but he won that award for his reporting on the Vietnam War in 1970. Now, over 50 years later, Hirsch has gained a reputation in the last two decades as a conspiracy theorist, with a variety of wild claims and pro-Russian war crime denialism in both Syria and Ukraine. Why do so many people on that side not seem to care about this?
1: Because they don't want to blame Russia for anything. Because they don't want to blame the Kremlin for anything. It's always the the U.S. who did it. It's always the CIA who did it. It's they, a lot of the people who are agreeing with this, and you have to think are getting a lot of artificial amplification of this story, mm-hmm. are, yeah, they're, anyone opposed to the U.S., including fifth columnists within the United States who consistently push this anti-quote-unquote regime propaganda. And when they say regime, they mean the U.S. government. They just don't want to sound like those kind of people but if you if you look at who's involved here it is anti-vaxxer robert malone it's it's frequent rtguestchem.com it's russian citizen and american defector edward snowden yeah but you've also got u.s senators like mike lee saying if true you know that that (laughs) caveat Uh, of course true, bad if true and JD Vance saying, "I hope it's not true, <laughs> but it's full." You've got Chinese government officials. You've got Jack Basobic, and and well, you've you've got anti vaxxer Emerald Robinson, and you've got Pizza Gator Luke Rudkowski, and you've got Jordan Peterson. It's all these people who have these various grievances mm-hmm. against the U.S. government. It's too woke. It's too this. It's too that. And now they've all they've all coalesced. And when you have this many, (laughs) I would call them bad actors agreeing on a narrative that should raise quite a few red flags, don't you think?
0: It absolutely should. And when you've got the other side of the bad actor narrative, such as, you know, the people from the gray zone, Max Blumenthal, Aaron Maté, you've got, you know, Ben Norton, you've got Mark Ames, you've got Matt Taibbi, Team Exile over there. You've got the quote unquote left. Glenn Greenwald did a long speech defending this. Even the guys at Chapo Trap House have defended this piece oh yes
1: this is this is the ultimate Uh horseshoe article it absolutely is is. their quote is phenomenal
0: i don't i didn't read it i just take i'm just Uh, yeah "Yeah, yeah. i believe it yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, there's not much more to say who else is gonna do it i didn't even read it i just believe it oh god and part of this is because (laughs) they're all selling this by saying well it's seymour hirsch he won a pulitzer prize Uh he won a pulitzer prize and he exposed u.s war crimes at abu Ghraib." Well, if we give him that, that was almost 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. And to his credit, at 85 years old, he can still write what looks like journalism. He's got lots of details and specifics. Mm-hmm. I have seen a good takedown of what he wrote by Oliver Alexander on it's oalexanderdk.substack.com, but he's he's got good open source information and analysis breaking this down bit by bit, why it's not true, why it's not real. And it's very good. Highly recommend him and his work. But to the people who believe this story, it won't matter. Like, abs- absolutely fact check this, prove that he's lying. Um, but the people who want to believe this, yeah, the the quote you had is great because no they're they don't need to read it they see the headline US bad CIA did it and that's enough for some of these mm-hmm.
0: people that is absolutely what they want to believe and it fits their narrative and they're going to coast on the last bits that are left of you know Seymour Hersh's reputation as mm-hmm. a respected journalist and
1: with his with his one anonymous source
0: who right.
1: somehow this highly secretive Mission that very few people, as few people as possible are read in on, but Seymour Hirsch's one anonymous source somehow was privy to every single step of this operation. Was it Q? <laughs> I mean, right? Like, it may as well be at this point. Seriously,
0: They want to believe this because it fits with what they want to believe. They have yeah. this guy that they hold up as saying he has this reputation for you know, being a Pulitzer Prize winner and being this reporter who tells truth to power and all of that, but what they're overlooking is that for the last almost 20 years, this guy has been pushing the Kremlin's side of almost every story that the Kremlin wants pushed. Guess who he thinks did the Novichok poisonings in England? Not Russia.
1: Yeah, not Russia, the one country in the world where it's produced. Couldn't possibly be them he claims that Bashar al-Assad has not gassed his own people, even though there is a plethora of evidence that he did so. Mm-hmm. Why is every Seymour Hirsch take for the last almost 20 years, like you said, siding with Russia?
0: It's a great question. And I think that, you know, a good reporter would ask it. And I think most people have kind of figured it out. Is It's like, this is the guy that said that the U.S. didn't really get Osama bin Laden, that the Pakistani intelligence services actually had him and turned him over. Uh, He's claimed that much of the U.S. special forces have been controlled by secret members of Opus Dei. He's claimed that the U.S. military flew Iranian terrorists to Nevada for training. Like you said, the 2013 chemical weapons attack in Syria was a false flag staged by the government of Turkey. He basically gets less and less credible as time goes on, and more and more, they're not selling the story. They want you to buy this guy's reputation as the reason for taking the story seriously, even though if this was anybody else, this wouldn't get past the first editor that had a look at it. And this one didn't. I mean, he had to self-publish this on Substack. Yeah. Nothing wrong with self-publishing on Substack, but when you have been a Pulitzer Prize winner... That's a bit of a comedown.
1: It is a bit of a comedown, but of the places that would publish this, right, uh, how many are not overtly <laughs> owned by the Russian state? Right. How many of them, It like this, this story hits a lot harder because it's not an op-ed on RT and he needed that platform to lend it. As much legitimacy and as as much distance between Russia and himself as possible, but it's clear whose aden- agenda he's pushing here. We've we've talked about this. I've written about it. The Russians have denied any involvement in this from day one. They will continue to deny the possibility that they blew up the Nord Stream pipelines, and we we both think and agree that this very much matches kgb Mm -hmm. soviet and now russian
0: warfare uh, doctrine
1: yeah and and planning
0: they have manuals that explain how they're going to do all this in the event it gets necessary so
1: i mean they they spent 30 40 years of the cold war planning out how they would destroy nato infrastructure and at a point when it became fairly clear that the Germans were going to stop importing all this Russian gas and that Nord Stream was probably never going to be operational due to sanctions due to Putin's war of choice in Ukraine well they spent all this money to build this thing and if they can't benefit from the sale of natural gas then well they can benefit from this propaganda from this narrative that oh the CIA did it and From very early on, you've had plenty of people on the right, like Charlie Kirk and Dan Bongino and Steve Bannon, who believe them from day one and they still believe Mm -hmm. them. And they love this story. They absolutely do.
0: And they recognize that they benefit from this narrative as well. I've got an article up here from um, EU versus Disinfo, and it talks about how. Russian Minister defense minister Sergei Shoigu decorated selected Russian journalists with ministerial medals. These were awarded to the participant of the Syrian military operation, or for military excellence. The day has come when we all have to admit a word, a camera, a photo, the Internet, and information in general have become yet another type of weapons, another component of the armed forces, Minister Shoigu said last year. Last week, he reminded once again that official pro-Kremlin media outlets are seen as another part of Russian armed forces. So they understand the role that narrative and having this kind of propaganda plays in the success or failure of something like this to the point where you can get military awards if you're a Russian journalist and you say the right things on state media. And those state media claims, boy, they sure have a way of making their way into the right wing media ecosystem over here wild. Yeah, they
1: sure do. And it's very concerning for me to see U.S. senators giving credence to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have that little bit of separation where, oh, I hope it's not true or if true, because of course they they'll, they'll claim they're not picking a side. They, but they're posting it on their official Twitter accounts and it's getting thousands of likes and retweets and probably Upping the views by tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. And it's another form of just asking questions, except the question you're asking is the one the Kremlin wants you to ask, and their audience is further indoctrinated in this way of thinking. And when you're also talking about a guy like J.D. Vance, who is specifically called for ending our aid to ukraine just cutting it off and being done with it it's concerning it's worrying Mm -hmm. it's the republican party it was very much the neocon the establishment order was was very much pro defense spending and they were very much on the side of sending out military aid to our allies bolstering our own armed forces
0: yeah just like kevin mccarthy was in 2015
1: yeah exactly exactly Exactly. This is who they were for a very long time, but increasingly, little by little, it's not who they are. And as people like Mitch McConnell either retire or die, they are being replaced by guys like J.D. Vance. And there's a clear trajectory here. And the the way of the first Cold War was you had a sizable opposition to the actions the united states took on the left it was primarily from the left you you, you're going to have your lyndon laroche and there were some far-right people some far-right individuals and groups who were solidly on the on the side of of our enemies but it was honestly primarily from the left right right but it is This this version of the Cold War, this this is going to be our new reality because it's coming from the right. Mm -hmm. And as you talked about, the quote unquote left will be represented by guys like Glenn Greenwald, who call themselves a leftist, but have an exclusive deal with the right wing alternative to YouTube known as Rumble. Right. And they will tell us about what a
0: leftist they are on the Tucker Carlson show.
1: Uh huh. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And really, that's just thank you for becoming the new Alan Combs, Glenn.
1: Yeah, they're they're a prop. Mm-hmm. They have a history as a leftist that plenty of people know about Glenn Greenwald's work with Soden, and plenty of people people know about Matt Taibbi's work kind of railing against Wall Street and the Fat Cats and the Billionaires. It's it's well documented. It's how they made a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. And Plenty of people either remember or can quickly be sent to the page for Seymour Hirsch and a picture of him winning the Pulitzer Prize. But that, like you said, was 50 years ago. And I think the important thing to remember is that who people were is not necessarily who they are today. And even a guy like Kevin McCarthy, it's only been eight years but look at the pivot he has made. Look at the people he is placating. Look at the ones he is making deals with and putting in power. Mm-hmm. And he's made such a shift that just the other day, I saw Matt Gates saying that he would give McCarthy an A rating right now based on the <laughs> decisions that he's made. Because he has quite thoroughly bent the knee mm-hmm. to the extremist wing of the caucus because that is the only way he's going to stay in power so that's who he is now yep
0: that's who they are
1: and that and that matters a lot more than who they were and and we just have to keep that in mind because a lot of this is not going to be static i think alliances and narratives and what people want is going to shift and it may shift quickly and we're going to keep watching and letting you know when that happens.
0: Indeed we are. Thanks for listening to the did nothing wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can go to didnothingwrongpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at James, the word four and the letter M all one word and griza BJJ, G R Z A BJJ, as well as DNW pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.